You're listening to the Audacious Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at our Chester campus. We know this is a great investment into your life. So tune in, listen up and stay focused. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. Hey, how awesome is it to have the front of church filled with youth and young adults? Now, let me tell you why that's cool before you get excited. Is that the young adults in my time of ministry have been called the missing or the lost generation in church life. And we have a room filled with young adults praising God. We have young people in a world that would say the youth are going backwards or falling away from church. We've got young people praising God at the front of church. This is the church you prayed for. Let's give God some praise. Come on. Awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. My voice is a little bit weird today. You might hear it pitch and drop and do all sorts of stuff. I've had a little bit of an interest in voice this week. It's been on and off. Wasn't sure if I'd make it today, but I've made a decision that if I'm going to lose my voice today, it's going to be at the Word of God. I'm going to lose it preaching the Word of God. So encourage me more than ever today. And if it gets a little bit weird and squeaky, that's fine. I know, I know. And uh, it's great to be in the house today. We have had an exciting opportunity knock on our front door this week. Pastor Glenn preached a message two weeks ago called Expect Surprises. And many of you will know we've spent the last, what feels like forever, it's been 10 months, trying to get an application through with the council to sponsor through community sponsorship an Afghanistan family from start to finish, where we're at right now, it's been awkward, it's been all over the place. The council are telling us to tell them what to do, and we're like, we have no idea what to do, we just want to do it. Um, So we're in a little bit of a limbo with that at the minute. But this week, catch this, I had somebody call me who had a conversation with me that went like this, said, in Cheshire West and Chester, there's the voice, Cheshire West and Chester, there are 300 Afghanistan people in a bridging hotel, and in the hotel, 20 of them are learning English each week through ESOL, and their kids are in a crash uh, while they do that. And I got a call this week from the council saying that the hotel have pretty much pulled the access for the breakout rooms to do the classes, so no longer can they teach English to the Afghanistan families who have been relocated here. And the lady that called me calls, speaks to her boss and says, let's call him John, say, hey, John, I don't know what to do. Like, where do we go next? How do we move this forward? And John, who's been in contact with us, tells her, says, look, just call Audacious. They'll know what to do. So... A week on Tuesday until March, every Tuesday until March, 9 till 1 p.m., we are going to have the honor of hosting here in the building 20 Afghanistan men and women as they learn English and host a crash for the kids so the parents can learn English. What's that? October through March. Praise God. Sometimes you find opportunity, sometimes opportunity finds you. So expect surprises in your personal life, in your work. Expect surprises. And we're in our This Audacious Life series. It was four weeks long, but we had two weeks out for Pastor Glenn and Pastor Russell. 
And then next week, we've got Pastor Stuart Keir coming, a Chester favorite on a free week. So what was meant to be four weeks long has felt like the longest series ever, but we're on week three on this audacious life. And the message I'm preaching today is called Favor with God. Favor with God. The Bible says this in Hebrews 6 verse 1. It says, Therefore, let us leave the elementary teachings about Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death and of faith in God. There is a time to move on and go to the next level. Jesus grew in relationship spiritually with God. He knew that he could not do works absent from God, but in order to do the miracles, the works of God, he needed to grow in God. Luke 2.52 says, Jesus grew in wisdom and stature in favor with God and in favor with man. So if this is important to Jesus, then how many people know this is so much more important to us as modern day disciples to grow in our relationship with God? And all of us right now are presented with a growing moment, an opportunity in this day of our lives to either grow closer to God or draw further away from God. And my prayer this week for you guys has been that we would be a lean church. We would be full of muscle. We would be strong, growing in the things of God. We wouldn't just fill seats on a Sunday, but we would equip and raise up disciples that we would send to the nations for the kingdom of God. wonder if you ever had a growing moment, a moment where you've had to grow, to step up to the next level. I don't know if you caught it on Facebook or social media this week, but we're pregnant. Come on. 14 weeks. <laughs> Stay standing if you want to babysit. Oh, well, there we go. I have to move on with the message, unfortunately. Head to the sign-up area after the service. We will happily take your names and your numbers. But we're, we're in a growing moment. Lysandre physically is in a growing moment, growing a child. But, and for us as parents, we're growing. Stuff that I have to learn and think about that I never had to consider or care about before. What seat do you get for the car seat? What pram should you push? What happens when you get to the next trip? All this different stuff that's going on that is causing us in order to live at the next level, we have to grow. And all of you have had growing moments in your lives too, whether it's been at work, you've got a promotion. No longer can you sit back and let the bosses care about the top level stuff. Suddenly you've got to care, you've got to grow, you've got to lean in to the growing moment. You know what it's like as parents, a growing moment when you're growing your family. Getting engaged can't be immature anymore. You've got to plan a wedding, you're getting married. It is a growing moment. But the danger is if we don't move in line with the growing moment, like Hebrews 6 says, we'll live in a place of immaturity, not fully growing forward in the things of God, not fully growing forward in the things of life, and we'll exist in this space where the moment's calling us forward, trying to draw it more from us, but we're not leaning into it, so we're caught up in attention, where God's pulling us closer to Him to do more for His kingdom, to reach the lost, to build our families, to win our 
city, but we're over here acting in immaturity, the Bible says. I want to suggest today, church, all of us as modern day disciples, followers of God, have a responsibility to take seriously that we have to grow in God. I want to tell you four things really quick and how we can grow in favor with God. Does that sound good? The first one is this, is you've got to be fiercely determined. Turn to your neighbor and say, fiercely determined. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Psalm 42, verse 1 says, As the deer pants for the streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Where can I go and meet with God? The desire to grow spiritually isn't on God. It's on you. But the reality is we start with great intentions, don't we? We're all up for growing in God, start of a new year, start of a new term. We're excited, filled with vision, with faith. But then reality seems to hit us. Life circumstances comes our way. Suddenly we're met with struggle. Suddenly the bank balance doesn't look too healthy. Suddenly there's sickness in our family. Suddenly there's health scares coming our way. Suddenly God's not answering our prayers like we thought he would. And instead of clenching our teeth, embracing the moment, trusting him and moving forward, we fall away and give up. John 16, 33, Jesus says, take heart for I, Jesus, have overcome the world. Because Jesus has overcome for you, you can be an overcomer in him. That doesn't mean that your situation's gonna change. Your circumstance might not look different, but God is doing something on the inside that where you feel like things are over your head, Jesus reminds us that it's under his feet. And so whatever's come up against you is trying to draw you away from growing closer with God. Jesus says, take heart. I have overcome it. And if I've overcome it, the same part of that lives, raised Christ Jesus from the dead, lives in you and I, we too can be overcomers. God is committed to a journey of both building us and blessing us. Building us and blessing us. But more often than not, church, we want the blessing without the building. We want the fruit without the seed. We want the juice without the squeeze. But God is committed to building us, growing our faith and causing us to become fiercely determined no matter what the cost. Genesis 32, 26 says, Then the man said, Let me go for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Jacob is in a wrestle with what the Old Testament says is an appearance of God in Theology, this is known as a theophany, an appearance of God. He's in a wrestling moment with God, and he says, I'm not going to let you go unless you bless me. 
Can you imagine what it's like to be in a physical wrestle with God? Can you imagine the toil, the strength, the energy, wrestling all night long? But God is asking some of us to be fiercely determined to wrestle with him all night long in prayer, saying, God, you're building me right now. This is a tough moment, but I'm not gonna let go unless you bless me. God, I'm not gonna let go until you save my family. God, I'm not gonna let go until you heal my friend. God, I'm not gonna let go until you raise the dead. God, I'm not gonna let go until you provide. God, I'm not gonna let go go until my kids are in church. God, I'm not going to let go until the business resurrects. God, I'm not going to let go until you change a city. But more often than not, God wants to build us first before he blesses us. So my challenge, church, will you be fiercely determined to embrace the building, embrace the struggle, embrace the wrestle so that God can bless you? Do you have fierce determination to pursue God, whatever it costs. Over 360 million Christians today are living in places where they experience high levels of persecution and discrimination. In the last year, 5,110 churches and other Christian buildings were attacked globally. In the last year, 13 Christians were martyred daily in Nigeria. In two provinces in China, all religious venues have state-sanctioned cameras to monitor all services. John 16, 33, Jesus speaking says, I have told you these things so that you may have peace in this world. You will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Against all opposition, persecution, sanctions, Christians globally are committed to following God, building his church, living out their calling. And my challenge to you, church, in growing closer with God is will you pursue him whatever the cost? Whatever they say in work, will you follow him? Whoever's against you in your school, will you follow him? Whatever they say you can't do, will you say, in God I can, I will choose to follow. Come on, church, are you fiercely determined no matter what persecution comes your way, no matter if the church doors close again, will you say, I will choose to follow God. And as for me and my hearts, we will serve the Lord. Oh, come on, it's easy in 2022 to live a Christianity that says, God bless me first, then I'll follow. Jesus says, take heart, follow me. I'll give you peace. You will have trouble. Take that home to your family today. That'll be an encouraging word, won't it? You'll have trouble, be blessed, but take heart for he has overcome the world. What are you up against today? Take heart for I have overcome the world. Don't let life cause you to drift from God, but be fiercely determined, grit your teeth, stay up all night and wrestle with God and say, God, I will not let go unless you bless me. That's the kind of strong, powerful church he's looking for. Jesus is coming back for his church. And I pray he won't come back and see a weak church, but he'll see a church stronger than ever, pursuing him no matter what the cost. Second thing to grow close to God in favor with God is to be fearlessly devoted. Everybody say fearlessly devoted. Fearlessly devoted. 
I love ice hockey, and every year it's like a tradition when we go back to Ireland, we go and see no other team but the Belfast Giants. Forget your Sheffield Steelers, your Manchester Storm, your Cardiff Devils. The Belfast Giants are the best team. Thank you for that amen at the back. I appreciate that. And we went one year, me and my friends, and the announcer, his name was Todd, was doing a tour around the stadium on the screens, and he was giving away these prime seats right by the ice rink, elevated on its own platform. It was awesome. And he said, look, I'm looking for people who will just not care what they look like, but who will dance their heart out for these seats. So I'm with myself and four mates. You can say five guys. There's five of us. We're standing there. I'm eager. I'm pumped up. I'm ready to go. And he walks to our section of the ice rink, and I start dancing. I mean, I don't know what I was doing. I was flossing. I was shaking. I was vibing. I'm not doing it now, but I'll do it. Come back to church next week, and you will see... Pastor Julie do a demonstration of me dancing. And I'm dancing, going flat out, and my friend Tyler is, and my friend Sam is. And then I look down the row, and there's Ethan and Kyle, who were sitting on their seats, arms folded, weren't budging. Todd looks at us, and he says, off the mic, he says, look, if your friends dance, we will give you these seats. And we are looking at these guys with all the sternness in our faces saying, guys, just dance. We're going to get these seats. But did they dance? They did not dance. And we lost the seats. Took me about three weeks to forgive these guys. Not even going to lie. They were letting fear hold them back from the opportunity of what was in front of them. 2 Corinthians 16.9 says, For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to Him. In the same way Todd's looking around the ice rink, the Lord is looking around the earth for hearts who are fully committed to Him in order for Him to strengthen those hearts. God is looking for a people of consistency, daily rhythm, pursuing God, fearless devotion, no matter what comes their way that says, I am going to seek God first. Here's some ways really quick you can seek God. The first way is meditation. means to focus one's mind for a period of time in silence. Life is so noisy, it's frantic. And even when we sit still, our thought life is raging and racing about things to do, things we could have done, things that we should think about. But the Bible says here in Psalm 40 verse 10, says, be still and know that I am God. Thoughts of insecurity, be still. Thoughts of fear, be still. Thoughts of loneliness, be still. Thoughts of isolation, be still. Thoughts of worry for the future, be still. Thoughts of lack and not enough, be still. Thoughts of I can't do it, I'm not good enough, be still and know that I am God. Church, this week, create moments of being still in his presence, focusing on the Lord, and watch how free you'll become. Watch the stillness God will bring to your mind as you create margin to be still and know. The news says this, but I'm going to be still and know. My family says this, but I'm going to be still and know that you are God. Five minutes each day this week, right before you start the day, right before you go to bed, be still and know 
meditate. Choose to be fearlessly devoted, growing closer to God and watch what he'll do. Second thing within this is prayer. Prayer. First Thessalonians says this, never cease praying. It doesn't mean you've got to lock your door and pray 24-7. If you want to, crack on, but I've got things to do. Yeah. <laughs> Means this. Develop a continuing relationship with God, an ongoing conversation with God. Conversations aren't one way. How many people get annoyed when conversations are one way? Let's be honest. Conversations are two way. Develop a two way conversation with God when you pray. Pray and thank Him, give Him adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. Acts, A C T S. It's how you can pray. But when you pray, don't just bring everything to God. Do. Bring it to God, but choose to let God speak to you. What was the last thing God said to you? It's found in his word. You don't need a rainbow in the sky, although he'll do that because that's a promise in his word. But what if you went to his word, studied his word, and God gave you a word in season? Many people know if you had a word in season, it doesn't matter what's against you because God has spoken. It doesn't matter what I'm facing this week. God has spoken in his word. Third thing, study. Study, study the Bible. It says this, Joshua 1.8. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then, then you will be prosperous and successful in all that you do. When you veer from God's word, you'll veer from God's blessing. God doesn't bless what is contrary to his word. So if you're stuck unsure of where to go, what to do, how to take the next step, follow God in his word and God will bless. Surely goodness and mercy, the Bible says, will follow me all the days of my life. When you put God first, you're chasing him down. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me. The Bible, it will change your life. People have given their lives for this book. People have died for this book. People have given everything that they own for this book. People have smuggled this book. It's the most smuggled book in the world. It's the most bought book in the world. It's the most stolen book in the world. And if you could just make a decision to treasure it in the tablet of your heart, God will richly bless you, reward you, open up your eyes and take you into the fullness of his purposes for you. Meditate on it day and night and draw closer to God. The third thing is seriously fun. Come on, smile at me, church. Seriously fun. Seriously fun. That's what my Bible says. Psalms 4 verse 8. You've filled my heart with greater joy. Psalms 9 2. I will be glad and rejoice in you. Psalms 28 7. My heart leaps for joy and I will give thanks. Psalms 100 verse 2. Come before him with joyful Song. Psalms 34 verse 1, sing joyfully to the Lord, you righteous. It is fitting for the upright to praise Him. If you've got a praise problem, you are letting God's word die on the altar of your preference because my Bible says it is fitting for the upright 
to praise him. It is fitting for us to magnify him. It is fitting for us to lift him up. Church, elevate the Lord. Don't magnify your problems. When you feel squeezed and hemmed in, drawing away from God, praise. When you feel lonely, praise. When you feel in lack, praise. When you feel isolated, praise. When you feel like you don't know where to go, praise. When you feel like you don't have enough, praise. In every season of life, choose to praise God. And praise Him from the overflow of joy in your heart. Isaiah 61 says, We exchange a spirit of despair for a garment of praise. Where you feel in despair in your life, church, exchange it for a garment of praise. Watch what God will do. Don't elevate the problem. Elevate the Lord. Some people want worship, not you guys, you're perfect. Some people want worship to be so intense, they think that anointed and fun are polar opposites. It's just not true. Read the Psalms. Sing joyfully to the Lord. You have filled my heart with joy. I will be glad and rejoice. My heart leaps for joy. Come before him with joyful songs. Church, I cannot dance, but I will jump before the Lord because jump, I know how to do. If I can't jump, then I'll move. I'll praise him because God is looking for the expression and the overflow of our hearts, not to be so squished down that it never comes up to the surface on our face. God is looking for a people that can be spotted in Asda who carry something different about them who when walking through the aisle on the shop on a Sunday, people go, they've got something different about them. I want what they have. How come you're so joyful? Your life isn't rosy like mine is. My life's not rosy, but I will praise the Lord. Come on, let's be a house of praise. Seriously fun about our praise. The last thing is to be wildly authentic. Wildly authentic authentic. Authenticity lives in the depths, whereas fake remains on the surface. Authenticity lives in the depths, whereas fake remains on the surface. I've got a neighbor called Nick, Nick and Jade. They're incredible neighbors. We moved house about a year ago, and we've met this incredible couple. They came to our light party last year with their little boy called Jensen. Beautiful family. And a month ago, Nick and I were out in the driveway. We were painting my drive. I know, that's weird. We were painting my driveway. Why on earth were we painting my driveway? Well, Nick had some contractors in doing up their garden with cement, with, you know, all the construction stuff I really don't know, but there was lots going on, mess everywhere. And the driveway was a mess. And Nick had painted his, and it looked pristine, it looked really good. And it accentuated our messy drive. And uh, I wasn't going to say this, but I'll tell you this. I had this moment where I kind of had to put my big boy pants on and I go and knock on the door and ask Nick about it and say, hey, mate, what are we going to do? We're going to sort out this driver or what? And so I prayed before having this conversation. Being honest, wildly authentic, I prayed. Said, God, this is, feels like it could be an awkward conversation. I'm going to ask him to sort my drive out. Just, you know, give me strength. And I went and knocked on Nick's front door. Nick came to the front of the door and he had his phone in his hand and he was shocked. And in his phone was a Facebook message to me with about six sentences already written about what he wanted to do to make amends for the driveway. And he's standing there asking me, that's weird timing that you're knocking on my door and I'm writing this message. 
And I'm like, yeah, that's kind of like what we believe as Christians. That's like a God thing. So, okay, okay. So we then spent a couple of Saturdays after, got to, what, three hours? Three hours in the driveway, painting with paintbrushes, a tarmac paint on the drive. And it creates a long time to chat, doesn't it? Three hours. And Nick asks, he says, hey, what's your story? And it would have been really easy to be a little fake and give him all the top line stuff of how life is great, inverted commas, for those listening on podcasts, life is great. And I took a moment, an opportunity to bring him in, say, hey, this is where I came from. This is my struggles. This is what wrestles I've had in my family with parents, with siblings, etc." I brought him in, brought him in. And Nick, from a moment of authenticity, then ask him the question, he brings me in. And he tells me stories that I can't repeat now, it's not fair, but stories of what he's come through, what he's overcome, faith growing up, where he's at. And two blokes sitting painting a drive, the weirdest of Saturdays. From a moment of being wildly authentic, creating a conversation about faith, about God, about hope. There's beautiful moments that are out there for you. Authenticity will take you deeper, but fake will keep you at the surface. You can draw closer to God by being wildly authentic, don't you know? God's not interested in the version of you you want to bring to Him. God's interested in the real you. The real you. He's not scared of your questions either. He wants it all. He wants the mess, wants the joys, wants the wins, wants the work-ons, wants all the in-between. Bible says this in Genesis, Genesis 3 verse 8. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? Said this a couple weeks ago, God's omniscient, he knows everything. God knew exactly where Adam and Eve were in the garden. He's omniscient, he knows it all. But he was asking them a question to draw out where were they in relationship with him spiritually. A question to draw out what was really going on within them. And God asks you today, church, where are you at? Where are you at? Are you drawing close to God? Amazing. You draw further away from God? He cares. He cares, he cares. And he reaches out a hand to say, be honest, be real, but choose to come back, back into relationship. God could have left it there. Adam and Eve on the outskirts disobeyed God, turned and went their own way, but God sent Jesus. God sent Jesus to come and stand in the gap, to mend the relationship, the broken relationship that we brought a, a mess to for our hang-ups, our sins. God came and he sent Jesus. And he asked us today, will you be wildly authentic? Will you be real before me? And watch what he'll do as he molds the real you because he can't work with the fake you. He can't work with the Sunday you that comes to church pristine, polished. It's fine, life's good, life's great, life's fine, awesome, brilliant. God wants to know what's going on with the real you. All of us today have a decision to make. Do we draw closer in favor with God like Jesus did or do we carry on in the spiral of moving away from him? I think today's a little bit of an intervention for somebody where you've kind of drifted, gone your own way, drifted from God, but suddenly you find yourself back at church and God's saying today, come home, come home, come home. 
Don't choose to let what the world says be your, be your confession. Choose to let the word of God be your experience and your confession. He loves you. He cares for you. And he says, welcome home. Welcome home today. But he wants the real you, not the fake you. Thank you for listening to this Audacious podcast. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. We'd love for you to join us at one of our campuses, Manchester, Chester, or online every Sunday, 10 a.m. and 12 p.m. 